Geek Out Loud, brought to you by Say It With Me, Tops. You know them. They're the name in collectible card trading. Check them out at tops.com for exclusive merchandise, cards, and gear. They've got it all there at tops.com. And also check out all of their awesome card trader apps. Everything from Star Wars to The Walking Dead to, of course, the flagship of Tops, Major League Baseball. Tops.com. Rediscover Tops. Rediscover the joy of collecting. On this episode of Geek Out Loud, we begin our Stranger Things rewatch together with episode one, chapter one, The Vanishing of Will Byers. And special guest Dave Jones joins us on your safe place to geek out, the Geek Out Loud podcast. Welcome to Geek Out Loud. We're going to get right into it here momentarily. Just want to say this is our Stranger Things walkthrough. It's something I've been looking forward to for a little bit now. And um, I, I think a great way to start things off is always with a friend. And uh, this particular friend has made it clear to me for the past 123 uh, episodes, 123 episodes, that he hasn't been on since like episode 99. That's right. So in an effort to appease him... And uh, and to not have to sit here and make make you listen to me drawn on all by myself. You know him from DC on DC. You know him from Mark Out Loud, but you probably know him best from the Vortex, the science fiction podcast extraordinaire. Oh my god! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, um, Titus, he's bored. Or okay. Clytus even. Clytus, Clytus, Titus doesn't matter. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the great Dave Jones. Got to let this breathe a little bit, Dave. Yeah, I'm trying. I've got to. I've got to actually copy that song and cut off that first part so we can get right to the flash. Oh. I know. I know. I'm such a huge fan of that movie. I've probably seen that movie 140 times. 140. Probably. You're putting the number on it. Yeah. Well, maybe 137. I okay. All right. I might be adding a few. Okay. It's uh, like Goldberg's streak. You just I start adding numbers. Sure. Anyway, sure. Yeah. That's a wrestling reference to everyone who's <laughs> yeah, wondering. Sorry. Yeah. That'll be the last one. That'll be the last <laughs> one for the episode. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say no, it won't. Um, <laughs> we, are, we are watching Stranger Things. We're at episode one. It's chapter one, The Vanishing of Will Byers. Now, if you're watching along with us, get pull up your Netflix and go to zero. Just make sure that you've got the episode pulled up and it's at zero. And I'm going to go one, two, three, play. And when I say play, you hit play. So it's so so that we don't have the lethal weapon conversation, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going after three. All right. We're not going on three. We're going after three. But I'll say one, two, three, play. And as I say play, I'm going to be clicking play. And I expect everyone else to as well. And that way we'll be as lined up as humanly possible. Um, and so, with, it, it, I wonder if I need... Let me do the, all the other bona fides really quickly first. We have up now in the podcast feed a three-hour episode that, that is the Stranger Things expedition that myself and Steve Bennett and Shaz Bazaar went on where we traveled around different locations in North Georgia where they filmed Stranger Things. And there are some of the funniest moments of Geek Out Loud ever on that episode. Um, one of the things that you'll notice on day two 
is there there comes a point where I am more focused on food and I'm not dropping hints. I am throwing hints on the ground so that they will make noise uh, trying to get these guys to stop for lunch. But they're a bunch of skinny guys who don't understand the importance of lunch. And um, and and so there's some fun to be had from that, as well as uh, Mama's burial plot is on there. And um, and hey, we're back in Jackson. So just check it out. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. And I hope you enjoy our watch through together. Now, we are doing this live at Mixer.com slash Goldiverse with everyone listening along and watching along, I hope. Uh, we've got a good crowd in the chat tonight doing this with us. And uh, welcome, everyone. So glad to have you along with us. Our featured supporter for all of these episodes is Steve Bennett. He is the one who kind of fired this up and made it all possible. What with the expedition and uh, the blog post that you can find at geekoutonline.com slash stranger. That where you'll see the pictures that we took, and you can see side by side screen references and that sort of thing as well. And uh, Steve Bennett, proud Patreon supporter, Patreon.com/slash Geek Out Loud. Now we're at zero. We're ready to rock and roll. Dave, are you ready to rock and roll? I've been ready since first call. Here we go. All right, one. The, uh, there's going to be a rhythm to it, everybody. So be ready. You find the rhythm by two or three, and you should be able to hit play with me. One two, three, play. And there we go. We are started. There's the Netflix logo coming up so that everyone knows. And um, I'm, I'm stoked about this. Dave, this is a series that's set in November of 1983, Hawkins, Indiana. We've not, you and I haven't really discussed Stranger Things at all. No, not a lot. Um, I did tell you, I think it made me cry at certain points there, throughout the watch. Yeah, there's a point or two where it does me as well. So this I mean, building, it, I'm sorry to interrupt you real quick, no, but the, the building exterior here is actually from Emory University. This is where uh, Shaz and Steve and I stumbled onto uh, a filming location that we weren't expecting to stumble onto. Check out the expedition episode for that. Um, Dave, so you dug Stranger Things. You dig this show. I really did. My, my sister saw it before me, uh, and she knows my love of X-Files mm -hmm. and all things kind of science fiction. Yeah. Even. You know, there's the geek aspect of it, too. Right. Um, and she actually, it was interesting. She said it's a mix between, like, fanboys and X-Files is what she kind fan of. Fanboys. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. I was like, what a pull for my sister who couldn't have seen fanboys maybe once, if mm -hmm. that. You know, she she probably just flipped through and watched it briefly. But, um, you know, this scenes like this are, like, straight out of classic X-Files. Mm-hmm. Um, and straight out of horror movies, and I and I yeah, love the movies. I mm -hmm. love the constant pushing of the button that we all do to try to make an elevator do what it's going to do faster, and and it is it's that initial scare we get that very first scare right here. Um, do you think this is more horror or more science fiction, Dave? Uh, I would say, I would say probably more horror. Okay. Um, you know, I guess it blurs the lines there a little bit. It really but, does, yeah. I, I kind of look at it as more of a scary science fiction. This because I'm never really scared doing this during this the way I am. I never get that creepy feeling that I do when I'm watching horror movies sometimes. Well, I'll tell you what. There's a scene coming up um, when Will's on the way home where it absolutely yeah, scared. Me. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and which you know, good good scary science fiction mm -hmm. will do. But uh, it's you know. The Thing is um, the movie I think about, and this is the one with Kurt Russell in it. Mm -hmm. It's really scary science fiction kind of slash horror movie. And um, and you see that poster on the wall there, of course. Oh, gosh, of course. There is some language in this, and it and it's very... This is made... This isn't an homage. The, the, the way they made this movie, it's almost like they pulled it directly out of the 80s. It's almost... Or this TV series. It's almost like it was a TV series that got made and never released in the 80s, and they found it. Mm -hmm. And brought yeah. it back, um, and uh, it, right down to the casting of these kids and everything, you know they don't have the good-looking CW kids necessarily, um, and, and they all have their quirks about them. Um, and, and so I, I, I was watching it, and I'll tell you that I, I'm into it here. And I remember the first time I'm watching this, that as this is going on, I'm like, okay, so are these kids going to be annoying? Like, I'm I'm coming in very skeptical because mm -hmm. I, I saw a lot of love for it online, and so I'm like, it can't be that great. And I and you know, and I saw 1983, and I'm like, oh, good, it's going to be a parody of everything 80s. 
right and right. i and and they do a great job of not doing that this is literally a period piece it really is really down to the just small details of you know there's actually i was talking about the thing a minute ago there was a poster movie poster of it there hanging up on the other side of the room there right. as you see um, as i mentioned yeah as you mentioned yes and um you know the shirts, the hats. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything just feels really that decade. Um, I would say especially early eighties. Yeah. Um, well, late eighties, we got into the parachute pants phase. Right. Well, that might have been early nineties. I don't know. Um, so. Well, I mean, it's uh, eighty three, and I think they definitely nailed the look and feel of everything. You know, down yeah. down to the houses and the decorations in the houses. You know, the decor of the houses, the design, the interior design and stuff of the houses, and. Um, and, and and it just it, it felt like home, you know, like honestly, yeah. it, to me because I love this time period so much from around eighty three to about eighty six, eighty seven, is is one of my favorite few years in the history of mankind, and and so to me it just felt like home, and and we all had these groups of friends, especially those of us who. And I don't know. I, I I don't know if everyone feels kind of like an outsider sometimes in their life. But you know, as a kid, when you find your group of friends that you all kind of feel like you're the outsiders, the Goonies, if you will. Oh yeah. Um, you know, you 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 really stick together, and and that was kind of me and and just a handful, just a very few uh, friends that I had like this. But we would spend, you know, especially during the summer. We would be outside playing. We would be doing stuff together till eight, nine o'clock at night, till after the sun went down. Oh yeah, and we uh, had our walkie-talkies. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it was it's very, very much like this mm-hmm. in several ways. Um, did you ever have a crush on one of your friend's sisters? No, because none of my friends really had sisters that I okay. felt that were crush worthy, and I and the you. one, and then most of them didn't have sisters. It's really that was kind of a weird thing. I I don't know that I did. Uh, X Men One Thirty Four is the uh, issue of X Men that they're racing for here. You and, familiar with that one? Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Dave. It is Dark Phoenix Saga stuff. Is what's going oh, on? Nice. Yeah, it's right Very smack nice. dab in the midst of the Dark Phoenix Saga. So, um, yes, yeah. right there, dude. Yeah, is <laughs> <laughs> where you got scared. Um, yeah, like um, it it was. I liken it to um, when you see the alien. At the birthday party, oh, okay. and signs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. When when Joaquin Phoenix's character is watching the video on that the is, TV, and the that movie. is a scary moment, by the way, in yeah. that movie. Good movie, though. Good yeah. Movie. Um, and I'm not a fan of horror by any stretch of the imagination. I'm I'm really not. There's a few that I like to watch for nostalgia's sake. You know, I I, I love the first Halloween movie, um, mm-hmm. but I can't really watch it that often. And and when I do, I have to make sure that I'm at old. I'm I'm against a wall, you know, so that nothing can sneak up behind me. Yeah. Um there uh Yeah. Coming through the I don't know if you're a little bit ahead of me, but I just saw him coming through the laundry there. Oh yeah. 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 Um the uh I forgot about that shot by the way, and that is kind of a scary shot. They do a great job of this show on the show of of not showing you the monster until the very end. And and I don't know that there's a minute, oh. yeah. The sh- okay, yeah. This is a little freaky. Um, I don't know <laughs> that there's a minute of this series wasted. Um, no. It is a very tightly edited and and well produced series that it, it moves along at such a pace that by the time you get to the eighth episode, you feel like you've only sat through a two hour movie. Very you know, true. And, yeah. and and I think they just do an outstanding job by not and, and 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 that's the one thing some of these Netflix series have done is is they slow down kind of in the middle to mm-hmm. kind of fill out a quota, but this one did not. This one didn't waste a minute, and I think that that speaks highly. But understand, I, I back to my first viewing. Even here, I'm not sold on this show. I'm like, I don't know if this is for me. I mm-hmm. love the '80s, but I just don't know if this is for me. You know, and um. Because I the scares and you know I keep expecting something to jump out, but they don't they never really do that except for right there when the thing gets the dude in the elevator. But even then he's got the little clicky noise that kind of warns you. Right. They don't do a lot of like jump scares necessarily in in this thing. And there goes Will. He's gone. Poor Will, man. I yeah. always I remember feeling sorry for him. Like gosh, he's missing out on all this fun. Yeah. 
in subsequent episodes. So I'm interested to what they're going to do um, with the coming season. Yeah. Uh, Dave, this is where I was sold on the show right here. Well, the, the music the, and everything. Yeah. The title sequence. Because yeah. this is where, because there's even if you watch it, um, there there's impurities, like almost like there's dust on the film, you know, as they've been putting this together in a composite machine to bring all these letters together and everything. And the it just looks 80s. It feels 80s. The music is very 80s. And the minute it started coming on, I was not sold. And, and this, the title sequence is what sold me. I said, I'm in. Uh, if nothing else, the title sequence has got me. And I don't know that there's ever been another television show or movie that's done it that way for me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very striking visually, and, you know, it's it's simple, it's, but it's it's effective, if that makes sense. It's pulled right out of the 80s, and then as this mm-hmm. chapter one, The Vanishing of Will Byers, comes at you, and it goes transparent to kind of transition into where you're going. I, that's a horror movie moment right mm-hmm. there, you know, you're yeah. right, yeah. And I, and I But it's so 80s, and that's the thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm done. It's 80s. I'm here. This is not a, this is not a parody. This is a, this is a period piece, and so I'm, I'm definitely in. Um, the thing that they are able to do with the show is, is take their time. If this were a movie, you know, um, what you'd have is immediately the mom at the, uh, you'd have the mom at the police station, but instead we get to meet Hopper right out of the gate. Yeah, and he and he's actually one of my favorite kind of lawmen on a TV show. Oh yeah, like, I just I've I really enjoyed his story, and and you know he wasn't the nicest guy in the world, mm-hmm. and you find out why later. You know, it's that he's got a lot of he's got a heavy burden on his shoulders from what happened with his. You know, with, we'll find out in subsequent episodes, but um, you know, and he's an alcoholic, and and you know he's. No, is he full on? Is he full on alcoholic, or he's recovering alcoholic? Well, I guess I don't know if you'd say recovering alcoholic. I mean, like I guess I've always heard it as once you're an alcoholic, you're an alcoholic. Right. How great that he brushed his teeth and then starts smoking. Right. That's, uh, <laughs> what a great thing. So uh, you know, this guy's kind of living life on the edge, so well, to speak. I mean, yeah, taking and- pills and drink, chasing it with alcohol. Sure. But there's also put on his gun. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like I think that's a great twist where he he puts on his uniform and heads out the door because when you see him wake up, you're not expecting that at all. And I also I also think I also think that what you expect out of him based on his appearance and the way we see him get ready and uh, brush his teeth and and you know immediately put a cigarette in his mouth, I think we expect a slacker in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you find out is he's not. He's a good dude. He's a good cop. He's a competent cop. You know, the all his his foibles don't get in his way necessarily. Right. The, the only thing that's holding him back is the grief over spoiler alert the grief over the loss of his daughter. Yeah. And but in every other way he's very competent in the way that he deals with Joyce and the way that he deals with the kids when he's talking to him. He is rude and he's gruff, but. There's, there's a, and we'll see it momentarily. There's a lovableness to him. Yes, absolutely. You know? And uh, I, I agree. I think he's one. Of, he's also one of my favorite lawmen I've seen on screen in a while. Um, well, I own a writer. I can't. I mean, I don't. I don't. I have my subtitles on, but mm-hmm. she was so good in this show. Um, I just, I, I don't know her facial expressions. I had seen her in a mini series recently called uh, show me a hero came on HBO mm-hmm. and she was fantastic in that. Now she just had a kind of a smaller role in that, but she was really good. Um, but here she really gets to kind of flex her muscles in these eight episodes, um, to play so many different emotions, emotions, yeah. you know, um, according, she goes through. according Go to pawn shop man in Jackson, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think she went a little method, um, to oh, wow. get in that role, so so there was some distance that she put between herself. Now we, I stood in that spot there. That's in Stockbridge, Georgia. Yeah. Um, and this is actually behind that school building, and it butts up right against. You can kind of see it there behind them. There's a ditch there, and um, and we walked around all over that place looking for a different section. But right back here, it's a lot smaller area than it looks, um, which was one of the things that really was striking to me as we went to some of these locations is they, they film in such a way to make it seem like there's a little bit more space to it than there is. Um, but, uh, 
but here's where you know we're seeing these kids are kind of the outcasts they're you know they're obviously a little nerdier a little geekier i mean we are introduced to them playing dungeons and dragons mm-hmm. and so here come the bullies you know and what i like about these kids that are bullies is you know i look at them i'm like i'd bully these kids you know i'm looking i'm like <laughs> these kids you know these kids are punks um well, it's kind of like in uh, was it Twenty One Jump Street the movie when they <laughs> they go back to school and like all the geeks are cool, right? <laughs> um, so the same building now. It, the 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 boys are at Hawkins Middle and she's at Hawkins High, of course. But they're actually uh, they, these were filmed at the very same location, just in two different parts of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, just and the, the unsung FYI. hero of season one right here oh barb you talking about yeah yeah man people love barb and you want to talk they about really someone did. who got the short end of a stick yeah she you really know? did and that's and we'll talk about it when we get there in the episode but you know barb is you know they had the potential to play her up as the character who is the world wise character you know who's done everything you know why nancy is the sweet innocent one but barb is not you know she's not that loose friend for lack of a better term you know, that's trying to nav- help her friend navigate the waters of promiscuity and love and all that stuff that you see in a lot of like John Hughes films and everything. Right. She's, or even in even in horror movies. Right. I mean. Right. You know, she is she's the she's a good friend and she does not deserve her fate. So, how do you feel about now, old Steve? Steve's all right now. I noticed. I, I believe Steve and, and uh, Steve Lawson. That is. You should tell me this guy was on Parks and Rec. Is that correct? No. He looks like the dude, though. Okay, all right. Yeah, he looks like. Uh, I thought he. I thought he was the guy that played um, the twins. Right. Or whatever. Yeah, he looks like Tom. him. No, okay. he's not. He's not Ben Schwartz at all. But he yeah, does look too, like he's him. He's too young. He's he? too okay. young and too short. He's too short. You talking <laughs> no, about that like guy? Steve. You talking about that guy that would sing? Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. No, I, I think uh, I thought Steve was an interesting character, and he actually. Um, took quite a journey by the end of the show where you're very sympathetic toward him when you didn't think you might be. I don't like his hair. Uh, don't like his no, hair. He's, he's got rough hair, but I mean, hey man, I had a bowl cut well past time to have a bowl cut. So uh, His hair's a little too <laughs> boofy. <laughs> I can't believe they're making out in the bathroom. I mean, that, that was one of the first things I remember thinking is um, what a gross place. Yeah. But hey. Yeah. Uh, Hawkins Police Department is located in downtown Douglasville, Georgia. Look at this with the cigarette coming. This yeah. guy's great, man. He's... <laughs> this guy's scary. He's just like, yeah. Uh... <laughs> These deputies are great, too, by the way. I love that they're giving him a hard time. They don't mind. the the. Uh, I can't think of his name, and, and so excuse me for describing this way. The black deputy there, he plays Turk in the Daredevil and the Marvel stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So he's got himself a little Netflix career going. Does a great job. I love his. I love. I'm like you. I love these deputies because you've got the one who who understands Hopper and who gets it and who understands the job, and then you've got the other one who's just kind of a dingus, yeah. and and he never quite catches on. And this lady, I want to spend more time with her. Flo. Yeah, I want to spend more time with Flo because she's. You know that she's running things in that office. And she's the only one who can kind of put him in his place. And, whenever, and so I feel like she'd be fun to kind of spend a little more time with. Um, now, these two used to date, is that right? Well, no. It, you kind of get the idea, and we won't see it in this episode, but when Hopper goes to the library mm-hmm. to look up some microfilm in, in a few episodes, you get the idea that Hopper just kind of dates around, so to speak. Uh, like, there's never really a long-term commitment. There maybe be a date or two, and then a spend-the-night party. And um, and then he's done. Um, and again, it just adds to his foibles, you know. But she has a... But they obviously... They have a familiarity to the point that you don't even need it to be said, and it does get said eventually, uh, that there's a past between these two. Yeah. And... um. And of course, she's you know freaking out about the missing kid, as any mother would. And I love the line like, "What's lo- what's wrong with his clothes?" Yeah. <laughs> she said they make fun of his clothes, and he's, so he's like, "What's wrong with his clothes?" <laughs> yes, yeah. you know, I mean, he's kind of the uh, everyman. He's he's like if one of us were thrown into this mm-hmm. crazy world, you know. Other, I mean, he's got the lawman thing going, but 
you know, I think I think he's he's kind of our uh, ground character at least at first. Like, what it, what is wrong with everybody? You know, the the thing he says the flow about coffee. Uh, more, what do you say? Mornings are for coffee and contemplation. Right, right. I thought it was great. Yeah. So, and then you know, he says, "Look, ninety nine. When he tells her a, a minute ago, you know, ninety nine out of a hundred times, it's someone in the family that's done it. You see that he's got a competence about him." Mm-hmm. Here's the Emory uh, location again, and um, that's, that's the Hawkins Power Plant. Um, we couldn't actually get this close to the building. Well, we did kind of, but we didn't get down here to this level this close uh, due that's to some Modine. stuff that was going on. Um, <clears throat> Private Joker from Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. The, uh, the, the mystery, they do a good job of not... You know, modern-day storytelling, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of times with modern-day storytelling in film and television, they kind of explain everything to the audience up front and mm-hmm. leave, the, and leave the, uh, the characters in the dark while the audience knows what's going on. Well, here, the characters know what's going on, but we're in the dark. Right. And they and do, a, think, they do yeah. a really good job of just kind of dropping the breadcrumbs and letting us discover as we go. Well, and I think it's interesting, you know, they the the disappearance of of Will Byers chapter one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're watching it, but it feels like we're being, you know, you might be reading a book because right. you're right. These scenes are just here, and how many times are you reading a book where you're reading about stuff and you're you're not quite sure how it's going to fit in, or you're not even quite sure what's going yeah, on? Yeah, that's exactly. a great point. Yeah, you know, and so I feel like this is playing out a lot like a chapter in a book would. Right. Um. These shots when they're doing when they're in kind of the dark and the flashlight that that's something that I remember listening to Chris Carter talk about that they did in X Files to really intentionally you know accentuate darkness when they're walking around with these bright flashlights and they would actually shine them in the general direction of the camera that they they got intentionally brighter than normal flashlights and um, and would do that and so you could see the beam through everything and all um, feels that 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 Whenever I see flashlights in the dark, that you can see these beams as clearly. It always reminds me of X Files, so you should be Absolutely, happy Absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> so this is a weird thing, and and again, just adding to that mystery, um, you know, the stuff coming out of the wall and everything, and and were you calling other dimensional portal at this point, Dave, or? Uh, you know what? I wasn't quite sure. I thought there was like something maybe beneath, um beneath the earth or something mm-hmm. so to speak that okay, was coming yeah. out right. from up under yep um so almost you were calling almost kaiju yeah sort of like a kaiju mm-hmm. yeah i was and thinking actually at this point i kind of thought it was her me too exactly me too uh, but i also uh was like is that the little boy that disappeared the first time i watched it, i'm like is that the little boy that disappeared where did he oh, come they, from you know because yeah, then i'm sure. thinking time portals and i'm thinking oh we're about to see it's you know, November of 2017 or something. Um, but, uh, but they did not do that to me and I thank them for it. This is, uh, this filming location is at a place called Tiffany's. Um, and it's a, it's a restaurant in Lithia Springs. We ate there and it was really good. They served breakfast all day. Um, and, uh, we talked to some of the staff and you go out back and take pictures where you saw her walking up at the only place that wouldn't let us is here in the kitchen. Um, but they needed help that day. And when I let them know I had been a short order cook, they were like, Oh, we could have used you back there. So I could have gotten into the kitchen, but it didn't happen. Oh. Everybody loves French fries. Absolutely. Well, uh, the gentleman who's the running, I guess, Ben, Benny, is that his name? yeah, Benny, uh, he is actually in a show. My wife watches called this is us. Okay. That's pretty popular. Yeah. The uh, one that makes everybody cry all the time. Yeah. You know what? I, I just made a connection, and you can tell me if this is stupid or not. The The first time we actually see the monster kind of full on, it's hunched over something eating it. And and though we see her walk through the woods and walk into the kitchen, she kind of did an eating move, you know, with her shoulders and everything hunched over eating, a lot like that monster did mm-hmm. when we first see it. So I don't know if that's making a weird, too much of a weird no, connection. No, no, I think there's something to that, actually. Um I think they wanted you to think maybe it was her that came out of the. Oh I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. Knows. This guy's great. This mustache, everything. 
<laughs> you talking about old Captain Mustache, the oh, the yeah. science teacher? <laughs> yeah, he rocks a mustache, man. Goodness gracious. Oh man. I'd never had a teacher this cool. I'm just going to no, say it. No, no, I appreciate no. all of my educators. Uh, you know, I, I only had two or three bad ones, but I never had one this cool. Um, of course, we never had an AV club in any of the schools I went to either, and we definitely wouldn't have had them when I was these guys' age. So, Well, this guy, I had a teacher, chemistry teacher in high school who was a big X-Files fan. Oh, nice. And I uh, actually had him for multiple sciences, but chemistry was one of the ones, and so we would talk about the episodes on Monday mornings and stuff like that. And he was pretty cool, but he didn't quite, he didn't really believe in all that stuff necessarily. He just really liked x Files. Did you ever, uh, have you ever played on a ham radio? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, uh, my cousin, Sammy, uh, mm-hmm. who uh, I used to do a podcast for way back in the day. Uh, he had a ham radio at one point and we used to, uh, in our younger days, think it was funny to, you know, say stuff to truckers and stuff like that. So I used to, uh, there was a, we went through a phase in my little town that I, you know, that I was in high school in where everyone had CBs in their car. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, uh, so I had an old, a 1983 Chevrolet Caprice classic. Look it up, everybody. Google that. And I had a big old whip antenna off the back with my CB riding around town. Seeing if anyone had their ears on. This was in the days before cell phones, children. And you had to push to talk. So, <laughs> um, I like his interaction with the kids here. This isn't some Lord of the Rings book. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he told them no investigating. It's right. like he's kind of, it's like there's been an adventure with these four before mm-hmm. with his, you know, kind of having to intercede on some. Well, level. I think he knows boys too. I think he knows yeah. that any boys whose best friend has gone missing, they're going to be tempted to go out and look. Mm-hmm. And when you're dealing with a missing child, you never know what that could entail you know if there's maybe someone out there taking children so the best thing for these boys to do is to go home and and stay put do you ever have a cool fort out in the woods nothing like this yeah nothing like this we had some um we had some old like chairs and stuff mm-hmm. that our grandmother had and, and we set up some stuff in there but he's got a microscope in there i know like people stuff and, and i remember this as a kid too like the movies people's tents and everything had all this cool stuff and mm-hmm. now we did have a cool tent my cousin had and we'd read comics and yeah. stuff and camp out in his backyard all the time but one of my dad's friends took some wood and and built us a a tree house or tree hut or tree fort kind of thing it was more it was basically like a glorified deer stand that was nailed up into the tree but we had a hatch that you came up into it through and we built a zip line to get down from it with um that was about the closest we ever got to that. Everything else was a bunch of lean-tos and just sitting in. Um, they do a flashback without it really telling you it's a flashback there, by the way. And, and that, for a moment, added to my confusion. I'm like, oh, so this woman's crazy? She's told her son? You know? But the- Yeah. Joy, I mean, Joyce is heartbreaking throughout yeah. this whole thing. Um, and you know, like speaks to Wilder Rider's performance. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned earlier about her getting into some method acting. Mm-hmm. Do you- you care to elaborate at all? Or well, that... from what listen, we were talking to a pawn shop dude, uh-huh. and if you listen to the expedition episode, you'll hear us kind of describe him in detail. He's everything that you think a a pawn shop guy in a small town would be, right? You know, and so he just seemed to say that she didn't say much to anybody or wouldn't really talk to anybody because she was trying to stay in character, which is a little bit uh, not aloof, but you know, distant from everyone, focused on one thing, you know, getting her kid back. So I imagine, though, what it really was, was she recognized him for what he was, a skeevy dude, and said, yeah, I'm not really going to have much to do with you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I just read another story about Heath Ledger when he was the Joker Mm -hmm. and how he he acted and... yeah. Uh, you know, asking Christian Bale to like really punch him and stuff like that during the interrogation. Oh, I scene. heard Jim Carrey talking to Norm McDonald uh, on a recent podcast. And Norm's like, I remember, he's like, you remember when you came to visit on the set of The Man on the Moon? And Norm's like, you mean when I was in that movie? Oh, <laughs> and Lord. Jim's like, oh, well, I wasn't there. Andy was there. <laughs> and I'm like, Jim Carrey's going nuts. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> but um, this... uh 
this is where you know of course we're meeting and getting to know that that's just her name that she's 11 is she unable to talk or i feel like she's just because we do see later in flashbacks and whatnot she is talking to papa yeah but she doesn't say that much right i mean i feel like she's just kind of uh maybe like real guarded Mm mm-hmm and uh, maybe the boys, you know, open her up a little bit mm-hmm. and make her, you know, try to want to be a little more friendly or yeah. make her let her guard down a little bit. I don't know. Well, it's it's Millie Bobby Brown. And this got by me in my first watch through, by the way, that she stopped the fan. I don't know how because, I mean, they make it blatant. I must have been looking down or something. But um, I remember the second time I watched this, I'm like, oh, she stopped the fan. So immediately we know there's something about her beyond that she just showed up from the woods. And again, Dave... You know, I would be thinking alien, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, the the whole other dimension never kind of dawned on me until no, they started I, I, to get yeah, into it. Yeah, that didn't, for me, it didn't really work until, of course, later. And, um, But like I said, initially, I thought maybe, and then I, I think I was thinking maybe something crashed and then it was coming out from up under the ground. or I, I don't know. Right. It was kind of a thing type thing. Thing you, type thing. You were yeah. you were on you were stuck on the thing, man. Well, it's one of my favorite movies, especially to watch around this time of year. Never so. seen it, by the way. Oh man, it's great. Steve. I hear I it's I you, hear it's fantastic. Yeah, I think you would love it. Um, <clears throat> I like this line: "The bike's like a Cadillac to these kids." I don't know how you felt about your bicycle as a kid, Dave. Oh yeah, but, I had a He-Man bicycle. Oh, shut up. Yeah, I had the had the training wheels on it, and then when I got too old for that, we took them off, and I just rode that thing until it was just. My dad, I think, finally just said, "No, we're getting a new bike." Nice. Yeah, I had it uh, forever. Hmm. It had his face on it and Skeletor's on the other side. Yeah, there's just something about having a bike, man, getting you around the neighborhood and stuff. Oh yeah, I'd have my backpack and ride over to my best friend Brian's house. Was on the next street over. And... Now, what'd you put in your backpack? Uh, comics. Yeah. Um, my baseball mitt. Mm-hmm. We played a lot of baseball, and uh, probably baseball cards. Tops baseball cards. I hear you. I hear you. Which that's Dave. Thank you so much for that. It's a great point to bring up. As uh, <laughs> as uh, Joyce is really upset here on the phone. Uh, that, well, this is brought to you by Tops, the name in card collecting. They started in 1950 when they started putting baseball cards into the bubble gum. There's no bubble gum. No more bubble gum. No more bubble gum, but there are cards, and uh, they have everything from Star Wars to their flagship baseball cards. Check them out at tops.com, especially right now. Uh, as uh, as you hear this, you got a couple of days left on the special Season 4 Rebels preview set that is available exclusively at tops.com. Uh, each pack, each box you buy comes with an autograph card, a guaranteed autograph card, so you can pick that up. And as well as... Uh, check out the Star Wars Card Trader app, the Walking Dead Card Trader app, uh, all the sports, NHL to Major League Baseball, MMA, and WWE Card Trader apps right there on your phone, your Android, your tablet, whatever you've got. And uh, trade with friends digitally, trade cards digitally. Tops has revolutionized the way people uh, trade and buy trading cards. They've done it, they've taken it to the digital age. So check those trader apps out and enjoy collecting and trading with friends. It's Tops. Rediscover the joy of collecting. Um, we didn't pause, by the way, to do that read. We just had to do it for tops, and we appreciate their support. Um, look at, he's noticing all the little details, dude, like the little bump in the wall there. Mm-hmm. See that? And that's where, as I was watching this, I'm like, oh, so he's not a loser. He's not a slacker. There's something more to this guy. Oh, yeah. He's, a, I mean, he's definitely a cop. I mean, yeah. he's, he knows what to look for. And, you know, the idea of coming back to the house is certainly. You know, something that she, you know, she was like, if you found the bike, why are you back here? And, right. You know, I think at this point he just wants to see what's what at the home here. Yeah. And of course he's, I don't know what he thinks about what he's finding here, but. Uh, well, this is, and maybe if there's one loose kind of thread or something that's never really fully explored again, I, I can't remember if you see, we'll, we'll, we'll see here. Cause I can't remember. I, I feel like he sees some slime or something. Um, yeah, there is something I remember him noticing when I watched it, and I thought, "Oh man, is that going to come back?" You know, or is he piecing together what's happening, and then you know things change. Well, he definitely like this is where you know when he sees that the the bullets are empty, he knows that the kid somewhere someone had a weapon, you know, for some reason. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, no, he doesn't really see any slime, does he? Because it gets dark and he gets on out of there. So, I just keep getting confused about what's going on. But, yeah, he's definitely in a situation where I think this is the moment, if nothing else, this is the moment where he becomes convinced that this is not a runaway situation. Right. That there's a little bit more to it. Um. I think he's definitely, he's not thinking weird, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> great moment. People jump, people sneaking up on people always. Yeah. Just is hilarious to me. Great moment. And he's just going to take her flashlight, by the way. Hey, Hopper, put the flashlight back. Oh, there you go. Good. Thank goodness. Wait, no, the deputy's going to keep it now. So. Hey, you think we got a problem here? Oh, yeah, what an idiot. So, pal. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> he just wants to be the cool cop. Yeah. Uh, this house is located in a cul-de-sac, Dave, and they have a sign out front of it that says, Pictures from the Street Only. Um, and what do uh, you think of old Ted, the dad? The here? dad? Just... Is he the most oblivious dad in the history of anything? Yeah, I mean, he's almost as bad as... I, I would liken him to, like, George McFly mm -hmm. at the very beginning of uh, Back to the uh, Future. Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking But he, it's not even that. I mean, like, he's sitting... There's no TV on. You know, he's just sitting there lost in his thoughts and and just not engaged with his family at all. Um he just he seems ob oblivious you know until steve comes up of course there but um i don't I, you know uh, here's the thing we don't really get to know enough about him because it really becomes the mom story she's the one that really zones in on the kids and wants to be there for them and everything um and so you know he tries to step in and old michael snaps back and uh this is the most really he says about anything at any point and um, and so he's kind of, yeah, it, it's weird because you don't know that he's a bad guy. You know what Nancy says about her parents later on. And so I don't know. I don't, I honestly, you know what? Just talking about him right now makes me know I don't really, I, I joke on the Expedition podcast about he just doesn't have a clue, but I don't know if he doesn't have a clue. You know? Yeah, I mean, like, the mom seems to be the one that kind of holds the family together mm -hmm. a little bit here, at least in the first season. Yeah. yeah. And Ted's just kind of in the background, kind of... Could there be any... Could there be any... I'm sorry to interrupt you. Could there be any more two different... Any more different characters talking on screen than Hopper and, the, and Mr. Clark right now? No, yeah. but I think it's great. It's like a buddy cop movie. Kind yeah. Of. yeah. Uh, by the way, there's this uh, <clears throat> show, speaking of this, it's a lawman and a teacher... Um, there's a show on now called Ghosted with Adam Scott. And oh Craig yeah, Robinson. yeah, so good. So is good. it funny? Yes, yeah, really funny. Right. Uh, it took me a couple episodes, but then it was just hilarious. So um, definitely, you know, tis the season, I guess, with all the horror and sci-fi stuff. Yeah. And you know, I feel like uh, Ghosted's a good addition because it's got some serious stuff, but it's just a thirty-minute comedy as well. So right. Uh, Have you? Um... Have you? Uh, Tenton says that Ted reminds him of the dad in War Games. That's interesting. Um, I haven't thought about War Games in a while, but now that you mention that, I, I, I think that's a good pull. Dave, did you ever play Dungeons and Dragons? Uh, really not, not so much. Um, I was certainly around it. Mm -hmm. So there was definitely a group of my friends that played it, yeah. but I, I didn't ever have the patience. Nor was I much of a video game guy either. Okay. Um, outside of stuff like Mario Brothers mm -hmm. and Zelda, I mean, I really liked Zelda a whole lot, but um, but board games, you know, my friend Alex, uh, he he plays even up till this day. He loves it, and he's a dungeon master and everything. He yeah. loves telling me about it. So. I'm a dungeon master. Let me tell you all about it. Um, <laughs> I never played, you know, yeah. back during the satanic panic of the 80s. Oh, uh, you yeah, know, Dungeons know. and Dragons was evil, and kids were killing themselves when their characters died and all that good stuff. And, and uh, Kiss stood for Knights and Servers of Satan. That's right, you know. Knights and Satan Servers. I, I love this moment where Steve's sneaking in, and, and Mike's just like, okay, whatever. Like, he's just over it. He doesn't like his sister anymore. They're at that point in growing up where he's too immature, and she thinks she's too mature, 
Um, and they really subtly handled Steve and Nancy, or I mean, Mike and Nancy's relationship through this series mm-hmm. to the point that when it all goes down, you know, they, they're the ones that have to start kind of leaning on each other. No one else has siblings in, you know, really in, right. I mean, Jonathan and Will, of course, but like the other boys don't have the, you know, that aren't Will don't have siblings really that we see and get to interact with. Um, Benny is another character that I feel like we don't get to spend enough time with. I would love, I, I mean, it's just tragic what's about to happen here. Yeah. It's really, it's really sad because he was so nice to her and, you know, I could have I could have dealt with another episode of him, but oh, sure. I guess I guess they really needed to show you the danger that she's in. Well, and- uh, yes, of course. No, 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 no. I'm not I'm not questioning the decision to do what they do here. Right. I'm saying that you know Benny is one of those characters that you would have liked to see them run back to later on for protection kind of situation. Oh yeah, because this dude has a past. Like I could do with the Benny show, you know, to kind of see how he comes to run, almost like the Better Call Saul for Benny. Nice. Like, how does he get to be Benny's Burgers? You know, what <laughs> What were his 70s like? What was the 60s and 70s like for old Benny? You know, I feel like he's ex-military. Nice. You That's know? cool. And and he's probably recovering from some addiction of some sort, and, you know, and he's just put his life together. And, you know, he's got a wife, and he's paying child support on two or three kids with his with his ex-wife. And, you know, he's he's really made it all come together, and he's doing good for himself with this little restaurant. And... Then he just gets in the head. That dude, man, is that the guy that was in Full Metal Jacket? You said Matthew Modine. Yeah, yeah. he is. He's Red got Robin. almost. You know what? He's got almost Christopher Walken from Batman Returns hair. It really does. <coughs> now, you know what, Steve? He was also in Dark Knight Rises. Oh, was he? he? Was uh, he was the one that Gordon went to and begged him to come help him fight to take the city oh, back? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I just him. watched that for the first time in a while the other night. Yeah, I, um, think, I think it's good. But, so they didn't show they didn't show Eleven do her thing to those armed gunmen there. Right, you just um, come back, and you're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> and so then I'm thinking, oh, she's like a ninja because this is the '80s. You know, she's got like karate powers or some such. You know, my mind, like, I, this is how slow on the uptick I am a lot of times with stuff. And if it's not spelled out for me, I start going a million different places with theories. I'm like, oh, I bet she just like. Roundhouse kicked him to the face, Chuck Norris style. Such a I, look, they're going out for him and everything. This, you know, I don't know. I, I God, I don't like Steve. I just don't like no? him. No, not even by the end of the show. No, no. Oh, I, th- I kind of came around on him. I mean, I, I mean, thought... I appreciate the fact that he turns into a nice guy and everything, but yeah, what I don't appreciate is that hair, and um, I don't know. I don't really. Nancy. I think I knew too many guys like him in high school. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm. Well, sure. That's what I like in it too. Sure, he's not the outcast, you know. Yeah. And Nancy is stepping into that place where she's not the she's not on the fringes anymore either. You know, you can tell that she's kind of blossomed. She's coming to her looks a little bit. She's a cutie, and and she got the attention of the popular boy. And his weird hair. I like that he's just like all over. Mm-hmm. I like that they're just, you know, I don't like it, but it's like, hello, I just snuck into your room. The door's not locked. Your parents could walk in at any moment. Idiot. Yeah. Kids are stupid sometimes. Kids, kids are. I mean, kids are driven by. <laughs> I mean, look at him. He's just going for it. And this is really is. uncomfortable as a grown man. Like, these are teenagers, and they're bla- they're obviously teenagers. These aren't like, you know, just graduated high school, going into college teenagers on, you know, on Friday the 13th that are count. Camp, camp counselors. Yeah, these are these are kids that no one would trust to be a camp counselor right now. They barely have their driver's license. Look at her name and names. He's not charming. Like that's the thing. It's like she can't see through all this stupidity. Well, she's attracted to him, man. Maybe I think she she's. Sees... A, I think she's attracted. I think she's hey. attracted to the popularity. Well, probably there's a little bit of that. I mean, hey, she does pull a gun on him later, so yes, <laughs> down the road. So you know, I don't know how you get past that. And That's the, Na- the let me tell you something. That's the Nancy I like is old BA Nancy toward the end of the, yeah. the the series, which a lot of these characters take some neat journeys. You know, 
Um, our main characters don't really, the boys don't really change that much and grow that much. But, you know, what's interesting is the characters around them kind of do. Um, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan and Joyce, I thought they had some great moments. Yes. Like, you know, I think she's such a loving mom and stuff like It's kind of refreshing to see this kind of stuff on TV because, you know, so many times you have the angst-driven teenager. I mean, he does he does have that, but... Mm-hmm. But he, but he opens up to her as well, like right here, yeah. you know. It's that moment. But it is that moment of just sheer emotional, you know, feeling like it's my my fault, you know, I shouldn't have worked and all that stuff. And, and, and yeah, he should have been home, but she also understands that, you know, you can't sit around and blame yourself. And she's... The thing is, what's great is, is they're both so messed up. And we meet a Joyce who's, you know, I mean, the, the way we're introduced to her, she's trying to find her keys, for crying out loud, you know. And, yeah. And she just seems scattered, and she seems all over the place. And But she loves those boys, yeah. you know. And, and she knows, for the most part, what's going on in life, especially Will. And so, um, you know, they're her world. This gets a little creepy. This is very creepy. So, you know, the phone, the phone conversation, but it, it becomes the thing. And again, building the mystery, you know, in this show is so, they do such a good job. And even with the stuff I don't like with like Nancy and Steve, I, I still say there's not a wasted minute in this first hour of Stranger Things. You know, this, this is a great first chapter in the way that they're, they're handling it. And they're, you know, the phone going out and everything is just it's like suddenly okay there's contact she's convinced it's will she's convinced it's will are we convinced it's will you know and and we don't see that's the other thing is will is at the center of this story we won't really see him again um no. until late in the series you know but his presence is always there and that's going to be interesting i hope in season 2 we get to see him interacting with his friends a little bit more i've got um, your x men <laughs> Dustin said, yeah. "I got your ex." Yeah. Which yeah, one of I'm these with, kids? I'm with you on that. I'm, which I'm one of these kids do you relate to the most, Dave? Is uh, well, if it's me, I'm gonna go with um, um, uh, Mike. Really? Yeah. I'm more of a Dustin. I'm. The, <laughs> yeah. I'm the one that's like, I brought the snacks, guys. Um, right. I've got the. Uh, hey, I've got your ex, man. You know, trying to do all the lighthearted stuff. And then trying to make peace when it comes time and everyone's fighting. And there it is, man. Great introduction of these characters to one another. A great way to cap off um, the first episode of a series and to make you binge watch, you know, to bring you back. If this were a weekly thing, I'd definitely be back next week. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's Stranger Things Chapter 1, The Vanishing of Will Byers. Dave, any uh, any thoughts just about that first chapter the, to close just, out with? Like like you said, ending on a strong note there with these characters coming together when you didn't actually you you know, and good shows do this where they'll bring characters together and they intersect at times where mm-hmm. you wouldn't necessarily think I, Heroes first season really comes to mind where you know some of those characters would kind of pass each other or they would run into each other and then do something together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I think it's. Uh, I think it was really cool for that, for the pieces kind of all to come together there at the end, even though you wouldn't necessarily know that at this point in the show, but it's enough to definitely hook you and keep you wanting to come back. And, you know, the freedom of Netflix and, and, you know, cable TV probably too, as well is is they don't have to hit you over the head with stuff necessarily. Um, I feel like networks, there's a lot of pressure to deliver and deliver fast Mm -hmm. so that people aren't changing the channel. Well, you know. again, yeah, if this were a pilot on, say, NBC or CBS or ABC, what we'd get in the last 15 minutes is an explanation of everything that's gone on. Right. We'd, we'd see Will in the Upside Down. We would see one of those scientists, you know, at the power place, you know, peering through into the Upside Down. And, and we'd have enough to make it all make sense. And what, the, what would bring us back would be, are they going to find Will? Not what in the world is going on. Um, and, and in this case, the cliffhanger of them, there's 11 and you've seen what we've seen of 11 is she's stolen food. She sat with Benny and she smiled and she, you know, we know that she's not volatile necessarily, but we saw the remnants of what she could do with those armed gunmen. Um, is armed gunmen, is that redundant, Dave? Should, 
I don't know. Yes. <laughs> uh, those armed assailants. Um, I mean, I guess you could be a gunman and I, not but have I don't know. Gun, but. This is the other thing, and I don't know that we ever figure out, are they agents? Are they government agents? What, you know, this is where, now, let's do, let's go here, Dave, if we okay. may. Uh, when did, when did Mulder join the FBI? Uh, it was late 80s, early 90s. All right. So here's, I'll say 1990, all right. 81. Here's what, like here's what I would love is the Mulder or origin story. <laughs> of not only his, you know, of course his sister was abducted by a UFO, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but to to have him come around and say, you know, what really brought me in the FBI was not just my sister, but there was a situation in Hawkins, Indiana, that no oh, one ever wow. really talked about again. You know, yeah. I mean, come on, X Files, Stranger Things crossover. Hello. But if you remember, they used to do uh, episodes that would flash back mm-hmm. uh, to like. You know, back when his dad right. worked for the State Department. And right. Like that. Oh, his dad worked for the State Department. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, oh, he could totally have heard about what went down in Hawkins. But yeah, I think, yeah, yeah I mean. Scully, I, a boy I, was dead and then he was alive. Well, and then remember, you know, Hopper gets in the car. Well, I don't want to get too far ahead, but mm-hmm. you remember how it ends with, yeah. Har- with Hopper. And it's like there's no explanation really given for that. So, well, I think they were giving him a shut up money and a shut up juice. Yeah. With that, but we'll talk about that when we get there. But Dave, thank you for coming on this first episode with me, man. Oh, I dude, enjoyed it was great. I enjoyed talking Stranger Things with you. And uh, yeah. once we get through with Stranger Things, once I get through with the Stranger Things rewatch, I'll probably try to seek out John Carpenter's The Thing just to make you happy. Well, you should. I mean, it's really good. And and look, man, Kurt Russell. He can do no wrong, in my opinion, and certainly not teamed up with John Carpenter. Right. I mean, he did he did the thing, and he did uh, Big Trouble in Little China. I mean, those are two of my favorite movies ever. So. That's a fun movie. Yeah, that's a fun so, movie. Uh, but yeah, dude, and uh, for all your listeners out there, and I'm one of them, but uh, X Files is coming back. We've mentioned it several times. That's right. Coming back in the new year with a season eleven. So. That's crazy. That's crazy. Be, be ten episodes this time. Really, that many. Yeah. So did so. the did this uh, did the last season do really well for them? It did. Yeah. I, I think thought so. I thought people were complaining about it. Well, I think people complained because of the cliffhanger mm-hmm. nature of it. Uh, and I wasn't the ones I liked the most were the non myth mythos episodes. What the ones was, that didn't have to do with like the, the one with the weird thing. lizard person? Yeah, like that kind of <laughs> stuff is what I always enjoy the most. Yeah. And, um, I'm I'm but, complete opposite. I'm I'm one oh, of those losers. Like UFO stuff oh, I'm one of those losers that love the mythology episodes. No, yeah. I, I always enjoy them, but I always felt like, especially after the first movie, mm-hmm. they had a tendency to just keep giving you more questions without answering anything. Yeah, right up till the end, Dave. To be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and even at the I remember even at the end they were they didn't really, you know, they didn't really give any kind of. Like there was no way to tie everything together. It was mm-hmm. just like muddled so much, you know. And you know, Chris Chris Carter really wanted to end the show after after um, David Duchovny left in season seven. He yeah. really wanted that to be the end, and Fox was going to do it with or without him. And he decided to stick with it so yeah. that you know nobody else got control of his stuff. So that, but... so that he didn't supernatural X Files. Right. So exactly. exactly. Uh, well, M Dunn in the chat says it best: the ban of Dave Jones from Goal has ended. It really has. I want to thank you for that. Oh, I enjoyed it, man. I, when I realized what we were doing, Mark Out Loud Tonight Live, and I had this, I was like, what? Sit around and watch Stranger Things. And, and I was taking a shot in the dark because I know we haven't really talked about Stranger Things. Right, And yeah. so I didn't know if you'd even want to do something like that. Oh, of course, man. And, uh, you know, I'm sure when you get ready to talk some uh, Star Trek, I'll be uh, able to come back. <laughs> All right, well, don't hold your breath on that. I do, we've talked about it a million times. I do want to sit down and do an X-Files, like a for real X-Files situation with you. Um, yes. Where we, where we really get into stuff with it because it is a, it, it is a show that I came to late, but, um, but once I got into it, I really appreciated it. And, um, and I'm looking forward to the, this next season coming up next year. So we'll get into it well everyone if you want to hear more dave check out dc on dc that's dave jones and chad reed doing their uh podcast about all the television shows and movies and other stuff uh different things uh from the dc universe they've been doing the old tim burton batman verse lately and uh, you can check them out in the goal as well as mark out loud our wrestling podcast that we do together 
And um, if you can somehow dig up some way, I don't know how you could ever do it, but find old episodes of the Vortex. I think you'll have a good time with those. <laughs> Maybe we can uh, release those as like a special Patreon level or something. Yeah. I can get Sammy to make some discs and we can send them out. There you go. <laughs> well, Dave is at the Dave M. Jones on Twitter. I tell you, if you're a Whovian, if you're a classic sci-fi fan, that's the kind of stuff that fires Dave up. Talk to him about it. He'll love to engage with you about that stuff. And that's not me joking or anything. I'm being dead serious. Dave's also active over in our Facebook group of the Guardians of the Goldiverse. You can get there easily by going to geekoutonline.com slash group. So check it out and uh, and come join the group with us and have some fun there. Uh, we are, if you're listening live at mixer.com slash Goldiverse, I thank you for joining us live. We're going to be back tomorrow evening with Chapter 2 of Stranger Things. I don't know if we'll have a guest on or not, but one of the, regardless, we're going to get through uh, these eight episodes leading into Stranger Things 2 kicking off on October 27th. Think We want to thank Tops for their support of the Goldiverse. We want to thank you for checking out the Amazon links and the Entertainment Earth links and the Think Geek links. You find it at Geek Out Online and geekoutpodcast.com. And uh, right now, if you buy your Last Jedi tickets from Fandango, you can get a free Last Jedi poster while supplies last. That promotion's going on until October 23rd. So use those links and help us out by doing that. Getting your um, getting your Last Jedi tickets pre-ordered. The email is geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. Twitter is at geekoutloud, and you can follow the entire Goldiverse at Goldiverse there on the Twitter. Until tomorrow, my friends, I'm Steve Glosson for Dave Jones. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud. Geek Out Loud.